we've got mixed currents. Short term, it's choppy. Intermediate and long term, the trend looks like it's going up. We just had a huge run in the NASDAQ 100, up about over 30% this year. The market's earned the right to digest that run. While the market is going sideways, it's really easy to check out mentally. You're listening to Last Week in the Market, the podcast for self-guided independent traders. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in. This is Sean Vincent. I am the voice of Last Week in the Market. We'll be joined soon by Adam Sarhan. He is the brains behind Last Week in the Market. Adam is the author of the Find Leading Stocks newsletters. He is the person who developed the AMPED trading strategy. That's A-M-P-D. It's a strategy designed to minimize your risk and increase your exposure to leading stocks to have a potential uh, to help you earn and make money in the market. You can find out more about the AMP trading strategy or Adam's Find Leading Stocks newsletter at findleadingstocks.com. Adam jokes that over the last couple few weeks, the market has been boring, mostly sideways action. But the truth is, for an amped trader, that time when the market's most boring is when you have to be on the lookout for new opportunities. In this episode, Adam will explain what he's watching for as the market establishes its new base. But before we get to all that, remember that in the market, the past does not predict the future. No results are typical, and there is inherent risk when trading in the market. This podcast is for educational purposes and does not constitute financial advice. It's the week of September 11th, 2023, and here's what happened the last week in the markets. Despite all the choppy sideways action, Adam says the market is still bullish. It's simply taking time to digest the big rally from earlier this year. Adam will explain why he remains optimistic despite the macroeconomic climate. Adam says the market's established a new base within a relatively narrow trading range. He's going to let us know what levels he's watching to determine whether we expect it to become more bullish or be taken over by the bears. All right, Adam, you always say that the market is speaking. Are you listening? Tell me, what's it saying? What do you hear? So we hear a still a bullish overall environment for 2023. In intermediate and longer term picture, it looks re- remarkably bullish. You've got a very big cup and handle pattern, which is rare, forming on a monthly chart in the NASDAQ and the S&P. But short term, you've got some volatility. So even though the market's speaking, it's important to understand the time frame. You know, one of the concepts, Sean, that you helped me with in, in psychological analysis in the book is to understand the difference between different time frames. And we call it time arbitrage. For those of you that aren't familiar, arbitrage is the difference between two prices or two different things like gold and then gold stocks or oil and oil stocks. And time arbitrage just refers to the importance of understanding different time frames and being able to align yourself with the longer term trends. But we've got mixed currents, you know, mixed, uh, mixed environment, short term, it's choppy, intermediate and long term, the trend looks like it's going up. And you said it's remarkably bullish. And tell me if I'm off base on this remarkable because all the macroeconomic indicators would suggest that the market would be seeing trouble, but it seems remarkably buoyant. Is that Resilient. right on? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That coupled with the fact, Sean, that you've got a very long-term bullish pattern, very rare pattern, that cup and handle that we outlined over the last several sessions together that's forming, mm-hmm. 
and all that's happening now, even with all this negative, you know, macro data, you've got interest rates going up, which is not good. You've got the 10 year, the yield on the 10 year, which are kind of like interest rates hitting the highest level since October of 2022. You've got the dollar going up for eight weeks in a row now. You've got slowdown in China. You've got, you know, so on and so forth. All these different slowdown in Europe, all these different macro headwinds slowing the market down or what you would expect to send the market way down. And instead, the market's just sitting there. And the fact that it's sitting there in a very small trading range, to me, is a very bullish sign. Especially if you're talking about a cup and handle configuration, if it's in a small trading range, that's the handle that you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want technical specific, patterns. Yeah, absolutely. And specific back, I mean, some people like specific numbers. So if you look at the QQQ, which is the NASDAQ 100, you've got a trading range now, Sean, from July until now September between, I'm going to round here, 388 on the upside and then 354 on the downside. So right now we're at 373-ish. So in the 50-day moving average and the 21-day moving average are right in the middle of those that big trading range. But for now, all the market's doing is just moving sideways to digest the big run it's had all year. So as long as we stay between 388 and 354, I expect sideways choppy action to continue. Now, if we break out above 388, that's a breakout above resistance, then I would believe that the market's going to go higher and then go back to its highs from late 2021, which are the all-time highs just above 400 in the QQQ. Conversely, if we break down below support, which is 354, then I have to expect another leg down all the way down to 320-ish, which is where the 200-day moving average is for the NASDAQ 100, or 324, somewhere in that range. And part of the purpose of this podcast is to help uh, independent self-guided traders become accustomed to the terms of vocabulary required to understand the AMPT trading strategy. And so when we set the 50 day moving average, of course, is the average of the close for any particular stock or indice over the last 50 days. In uh, a bull market, tell me if I'm right here, often we'll see that that 50 day moving average operates as uh, support often the prices will go down to the 50 kind of bounce off and we see that operate as support for a lot of time. What you're telling me right now is that we've, we've got a, a trading range where that 50 day moving average runs kind of right through the middle. So support and resistance are a little bit above it, a little bit below it or, or the other way around. Right. And, and that, and that range, that trading range, that's developing a base, right? When you talk about, Correct. uh, some, something's developing a base, it's developing a nice uh, pattern within a trading range. And now once we've identified what that base is and what the support and resistance numbers are, now we can start watching for breakouts or breakdowns. Oh, 100%. So that base is this trading range. They're two and one. I mean, it's the same thing. It's a digestion. It's a, Think about after you know Thanksgiving meal, you decide to, a big meal. You're going to digest the food, right? At the end of a long day, you're going to go to bed, you know, it's healthy. It's good. We just had a huge run in the NASDAQ 100. It's up about over 30% this year, 35 or somewhere in that range. The markets earn the right to digest that run. And by the way, we saw that happen back in January into early February. You had a big run from December's low or January's low all the way up to the beginning of February. Then you sat tight and you moved sideways for about seven, eight weeks. And then ultimately at the end of March and early April, you broke out of that trading range 
and then you pulled back, you retested it in May, and then ultimately it was defended, you took off, and then you didn't look back until July. That Now, since July, you're just moving sideways again to digest that move. So as long as it stays above support, which is 354, then you're totally fine and below 388, you know, you're just going sideways. If you break out above 388, that's bullish. A breakdown below 354 is bearish for the NASDAQ 100. Tell me right now, often in your fine leading stocks newsletter and in our conversations, you refer to the NASDAQ 100. Why is that sort of your benchmark indice right now? Sure. The NASDAQ 100 is the leading, the leading sector. So if you look at this year, I love look, look, I'm agnostic when it comes to markets. It doesn't matter to me what areas are leading. I just want to be focused like a hawk on those leading areas. Why? Because like we said earlier, the market speaking, our job is to listen. So if you have a, tr you know, a ton of money moving into tech stocks and moving out of, let's just say, industrials, I want to be in tech and I don't want to be industrials. Like right now, regional banks are under a lot of pressure. So if you look at the KRE, which is an ETF that tracks regional banks, it's really lagging and lagging significantly. The microcap stocks, look at IWC. It's an ETF that tracks microcap stocks. It's lagging really bad. I mean, this whole year, since October, it's gone virtually nowhere. Meanwhile, the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ, is up about 35% from that October, from just this year alone, and up even more from the October low. So part of our job as, you know, follow, you know, finding leading stocks and following the leaders, it's like the kids game, follow the leader, follow, you know, that kind of thing. That's what rings mm -hmm. in my head. It's like, okay, the market's speaking. The tech stocks don't always lead. You know, one group in the market don't always lead. Some, last year was energy led because inflation was, a, you know, the big theme. Then some years you have gold leads and some years you have, you know, different healthcare leads, biotech, lead, you know, so on and so forth. So you get these, it's really important to, to understand what's leading and then look at it and follow it because by definition, that's leading. So it'll lead on the way up and it'll lead on the way down. So the NASDAQ 100 has been leading all year. It's the leading index. So for me, I'm watching the NASDAQ 100. And then second place is the S&P 500. And then third place is the Dow. And then you've got the Russell and the mid caps and the small, the micro caps and, you know, mm -hmm. the, all the way at the bottom, they're laggards. But if you just focus on leadership, Sean, and you isolate, you filter out all the noise over time, you'll learn how to do, you, you'll do very, very well. Because look, the whole idea of investing and trading is to find the stocks that are going up, i.e. the leaders, stay invested in the leaders. And when they stop leading, get out. And along the way, keep your losses small. If you can do that over time, you compound out cycle after cycle after cycle, you'll do extremely well. Or at least that's the goal. There's no guarantee, of course, but that's the goal. Yeah. And if you can stick to your plan, right? Correct. I've noticed a few weeks ago, we talked about what you call the, the great mini rotation. Yeah. You know, since we're yes. talking about the QQQ uh, and you know, the NASDAQ 100 being a leader now. It won't always be. It hasn't always been. You don't care what's leading. You just want to be on board with that. And that's where the opportunity to use the AMP trading system and and a win is. Uh, so I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, things have been a little flat. And I'll notice some days the, the Dow is up a little bit and the NASDAQ's down. Other days the NASDAQ's up and the Dow's <laughs> down. They don't seem as... Uh, uh, intimately correlated as they do sometimes is are they operating to different music or is that just a factor of we've they've all kind of 
gotten into a relatively narrow trading range for a while, and it's just the roll of the dice where they end up at the end of the day, and one's up down a little bit. Yeah. The next day, the other one's up down a little bit. It's more the latter than the former, but yeah, it's more sideways trading range. I can, let me give you levels. Maybe the topic of this week's podcast is going to be you know levels to watch. So I'm going to use ETFs because we could trade the ETFs, and I'll give you just I'll go quickly through it. Mm-hmm. So the DIA. D is sure. David, I is an island, A is an Adam. This is an ETF that tracks the Dow Jones Industrial Average, right? The 30 big blue chip stocks. It's been going sideways since July, more or less, between 356.70. So I'm going to round out round up to 357. And then 340 on the downside. I'm rounding down to 340. It's 340.35. But let's just call it 357 on the upside, 340 on the downside. Right now you're at 346. That's going sideways. If, again, if it breaks below 340, you're probably going to have a leg down. If it breaks above 356, you're probably, or 357, you probably have a leg up. Now, the S&P mm-hmm. 500, SPY, that one, 459.44 on the upside and then 433 on the downside. That's it. It's really simple. Right now, we're at 445, thereabouts. If we break out above 440, sorry, 459.44, let's just call it 460. That's going to be bullish. If it breaks down below 433, that's bearish. Bullish means stocks are going up. Bearish means they're going down. I mean, sometimes, Sean, it's mm. that simple. It's just like losing weight, right? Calories in versus calories out. Simple, but not easy, right. but simple. So, and that goes back to your point too about you have a plan, trade the plan. When you're on a diet or a lifestyle change with food and exercise, keep it, maintain it. Don't end it because once you end that diet, you just, you know, it all comes back again. So it's all about developing good lifelong habits. This weekend, one of my high school, it's my high school reunion. So I met up with friends I haven't seen in, in decades and w- they had dessert and they wanted to meet for dinner pretty late. And I'm an you know, early riser and I eat dinner early. So, okay, I can meet them for dinner. Then they had dessert and they all like went to town, not all, like just about all of them went to town to dessert. And I thankfully, you know, politely said, no, thank you. And they looked at me like I'm the oddball out. And I was in that case. But I don't want to eat a ton of sugar at nine o'clock at night. I don't even want to eat dinner at nine o'clock at night. I usually eat dinner at four or five. You know, I'm one of those on that schedule. I'm up at five every morning. So for me, it's like, all right, I don't want to do that. So as long as, you know, they can all do what they want for each their own. But if you maintain that lifestyle of just doing the work, you get the results, right? So no, it's not slamming any of them, but I'm in better shape than all those people because there's lifestyle choices, right? So it's simple, not easy. Not easy to say no to dessert, but... Over time, but you know, you learn it's simple that. to understand how that helps your life, <laughs> and, and then that's the psychological exactly. part of it is is yeah. having the ability to stick to what you know is right, even if your your emotions, the the schmelf, the the yes, the the dumb money beast inside you wants to chase a, a loser all the way down, and so now is the time. I know on your fine leading stocks report that you published this morning and we're having this conversation on the afternoon of Friday, September 8th, uh, you published a big long watch list essentially. So these are ones that are, these are stocks that are leaders. They're not necessarily viable right now, but that you're watching them to see how they perform for if market conditions change and things start moving up. Those are ones that may be viable soon, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. So the idea is, to, is w- w- to lean into this, Sean. While the market is going sideways and choppy and so on and so forth, it's really easy 
to check out mentally and look away, look at some other shiny object. Remember, people, by definition, are pro. This is one of the strongest forces in, in nature. They're programmed to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So when you seek pleasure, what happens? You want to go after the stocks are going up. Hey, guess what? I'm happy. There's pleasure. Stocks are going down, tends to be painful or boring or whatever. Enter any other word you want. Okay, great. So what's the mindset? And this tripped me up for years when I first got started. And I see this behavior happening unconsciously. So many people. When the market's crummy, like where it is now, sideways, it's choppy, nothing's really happening, it's boring, et cetera, et cetera, people check out mentally, they look somewhere else. Okay, then all of a sudden, the market goes up. People aren't paying, most people aren't paying attention because it's boring and it's painful or whatever. Then the best time to get in is right when that pullback ends and the early stages of the new bull market or the new uptrend, right? But people aren't, most right. people aren't there. And then what happens? It shoots up. Hits a new high, breaks out. Then all of a sudden, their friends are talking about it. They see it on the TV, whatever. Stocks are going up. And then they get in again because there's pleasure there. Oh, my God, the market's up 5% in the last two weeks or two months or whatever it is. I need to get in. Okay, great. They're late to the party. Not only do they miss the entry, but they're getting in late to the party. And then invariably, what happens? You get a pullback. After they get in, they get stopped out again, and they compound the error. So not only did they miss getting in at the right time, they got in at the wrong time, and then they lost money because the market pulls back after you know it goes up, green light, and then mm. red light, it goes down and pulls back again. And then they get uh, more frustrated, they look away, and the cycle repeats itself over and over and over again. So one of the big things that I've learned is just do the opposite. It's the pattern interrupt. And that pattern interrupt, Sean, is so incredibly powerful because that schmelf, that dumb money beats inside of us, and for the listeners that aren't familiar, you can get it in the book. It's psychological analysis on Amazon, but it's like, think of a Tasmanian devil running around an emotional creature, causing you to make subpar emotional decisions versus mm -hmm. the superhero in the book. Who's calm, cool, collected and can know, Hey, you know what? I don't want to eat that big chocolate cake at 10 o'clock at night because normally I'm in bed at nine 30 and that's not going to be good. for me. <laughs> There's nothing good comes out of this. So no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's great. And, and Really, what the message here is, is that an amped trader, the smart money, is watching for the opportunities when it's boring. And then once it gets exciting, they've already gotten into their positions and they already know where they're getting out because they have their sell stop orders. And that's the time where they can kind of sit back and just watch uh, and see if they need to move their stops up to lock in some profits. Literally that simple. Not easy, but that simple. If you have the if you have the patience to watch it when it's boring, which is what. <laughs> but I got to tell you, Adam, even when it's boring, uh, if you if you start recognizing the market state, it, it, that as we've discussed here is intellectually very fun. And I know this week there was a couple days where, uh, like the Nasdaq took a real kick in the pants, and you go ooh. But I remember. What uh, maybe it was Thursday or, or Wednesday looking at, and seeing it, it opened way down from yeah. the day before comparatively yeah. with the ranges that it's trading in. Uh, but then I watched it kind of march its way back up all day. And I thought immediately of what we talked about before that if it starts down but moves up throughout the day, that's a bullish sign. You'd rather see that than have it pop up high and then lose that all day. And I thought, okay, 100%. I recognize this. Uh, I, I, this gives me. Uh, a comfortable outlook. So Sean, you're, you're spot on the money, like right on the money. Now that's one. Now two, it's extremely in, 
stimulating intellectually if you know what to look for. And by boring, I'm using the masses are going to dismiss it as boring because stocks aren't going up, right? It's just going sideways. And when you mm-hmm. do know what to pay attention to, here's where it gets fun. And you start recognizing those patterns like you just did where, hey, it opened lower and most likely it's going to go higher today because you've seen it before. It's no longer it a surprise to you. Yeah. It's just like a, a young kid who's the first time they've ever done something. They ride a bike. They don't know what to expect. They have no idea. But once you do mm-hmm. it over and over and over again, you get this muscle memory. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I've seen this story before. And, you know, Ray Dalio, the biggest hedge fund manager in the world in our generation, he talks about, he wrote a book. It's called Principles, and I recommend everybody read it. In it, he talks about another one of those, meaning I've seen this before. This It's happened throughout history. I've studied history. Even if I haven't lived it, I've studied it. And by the way, it's another one of those. Like an example, the global pandemic. I don't think anybody, well, I could tell you for, well, I don't know, I can't tell you 100% certainty, but 99.9999% certainty, nobody lived through the, the pandemic from 100 years ago and remembers it. That's listening to the show right now. Just because they didn't live, I didn't live through that pandemic 100 years ago. I saw a pandemic in 2020 with COVID, I'm like, oh my God, if the first time I'm on the earth, I've never seen it. This has never happened before if I'm not a student of history. Well, no, actually, just because I haven't experienced it before, it has happened before. It happened 100 years ago with the Spanish flu, and it happened before mm-hmm. that and before that with people masking up and so on and so forth. So just because somebody has experienced it doesn't mean it's happened, happened before. And when you're able to realize it's another one of those, then all of a sudden it becomes like it's just a, a sigh of relief <sighs> where it's like, yeah, okay, because I, I, dude, I know what to expect. Yeah, lovely. And, and it's it's anticipating the possibilities, not predicting what's going to happen, but anticipating possibilities 100%. and then being prepared for the range of outcomes that are likely, right? 100%. And then, and then putting the money and then the, the most rewarding part is being vindicated. It's not even about, it's about the money, but it's not about the money, right? The money keeps score. But when you do the right thing, you get the money's going to come. And when you have that right process in place, and then you get rewarded for your behavior, not only for selling stops or holding on to winners or being impatient with your losers and being patient with your winners, but just having the process in place to intellectually navigate this environment that is so extremely enjoyable and complex and painful and, and joyful and every possible emotion under the sun and do it and then win. Oh my goodness. I mean, that is rewarding to the next level. I always love Adam's enthusiasm. I find it infectious. That's our podcast for today, guys. Thanks for listening through to the end. We'll be back again next week with uh, another look at what happened last week in the market. Until then, keep listening to the market. And as Adam says, keep your losses small and let your winners fly. But I don't want to eat a ton of sugar at 9 o'clock at night.